Hey everybody, you're kicking it with the Homeboys and the Homeboys Podcast, where we talk everything in the world of real estate investing. Whether you're just getting started or a seasoned vet, we're going to give you over 40 years of combined real estate experience to help you on your investing journey. Today, we've got a very exciting guest. We are talking with Eric Simon, a.k.a. the Broke Agent of BAM Media. It's a brand that's rapidly growing with an emphasis on real estate entertainment, podcasting, and marketing. Something that Scotty and I are always looking to learn more about. Eric, we're super excited to have you on our show. How are you, my friend? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Well, um, you're out in L.A. living that, uh, that, that media lifestyle out there. How long have you been out in L.A.? I want to get the hell out of here, but yeah, I am, I'm from Arizona. I've been out in L.A. since 2009. I went to USC out here. Ah, Trojan. Then, yes, that's All right. right. You Who's big, your school? Uh, big, big sports fan? Huge sports fan, yeah. Okay. I was just at the, uh, not just, but I went to the Pac-12 title game for the USC-Utah in our collapse from a 17-3 to lead. Uh, Only no, to see I us lose in the game. Cotton Bowl on a last-second um, two-point conversion by Tulsa. Or, yeah, Tulane mm-hmm. or whatever. Tulane, lost money on yep. that. Lost money on both games. So, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I'm pumped for next season. we got Caleb Williams. We're going to be a top five team. We're going to win it all this well, year. Well, Scotty and I are both um, Indiana University um, grads, and we haven't won a bowl game since I think it's 1994. Yeah, when I was at school. Yeah, 1994 was the yeah. last time we won a bowl game. So you have a little bit more to root for <laughs> USC than uh, football wise. Yeah. yeah. Basketball, we're doing pretty good this year. I mean, we could always be better, but. Uh, you know, we're trending yeah. in a pretty pretty good pretty good direction. So Yeah, you just had you had a big top five win recently, didn't you? Yeah, we beat uh, we beat our in state rival, Purdue, uh That's right. a couple yeah, weeks so, ago. Yeah, you beat the number one team in the country. I, I, I watched the entire Indiana U of A game because I'm a I'm from Tucson, Arizona. Uh-huh. So that game in Vegas on a neutral site, we crushed you guys actually. You sure did. And I it and I thought Indiana ugly. yeah, I thought you guys were not good. Um but seems to have turned it around a little bit. Well, I mean, I think we had a bad game, but man, Arizona also, I think, played an exceptional game. They looked like it's a perfect like, game. They looked like world beaters against us. It was like a it was like a middle school team versus a college team. But exactly. uh, but I don't know. Hopefully, we're trending in the right direction for 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 March. But uh, yeah. Well, we we've been checking out a lot of your stuff, and we've we've actually talked with some of the some of the people that you worked with, that you do work with, and we're just excited uh, to have you on. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about the the broke agent and of Bam Media? Yeah, so I started in real estate after USC. I worked at the Laugh Factory Comedy Club, and I worked in their marketing department. And I was basically doing social media for them, doing Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, scheduling out social posts for comedic shows and then it was my goal to come up with clever marketing ideas to help with six shows when there weren't that many people going to attend like a tuesday show or something like that so that's kind of where i got my my marketing chops and you know knew how to post and get clicks and everything then i quit the laugh factory because i was getting paid literally minimum wage to do social media posting i was like this is going nowhere i'm not gonna be a stand-up comedian or anything i need to get out of here so i joined a real estate brokerage just as a temporary receptionist. So a girl I knew was the receptionist and she's like, 
I see that you're not doing anything because all I was doing for three months after I quit the Laugh Factory was posting on Vine. I don't know if you remember Vine. Of but course, that yeah. Six second video app, and I was basically just trying to go viral. There was no niche, you know, it wasn't real estate or anything like that. I was just making funny videos, basically about being unemployed, like looking for a job and looking <laughs> in different drawers and stuff. Um, and then I became the temporary receptionist for, I was supposed to just be there for two weeks just to make some money and then kind of got hired as the full-time receptionist for three or four months. And this is at Hilton and Highland, which is at the time, the number one brokerage in Beverly Hills. Yeah. And, you know, the Altman brothers were there. Uh, it was Jeff Highland, Rick Hilton. So you know, my, my introductory to the world of real estate was like, holy crap. Like I'm surrounded by the best agents on earth, all the properties they were showing. 50 million, 80 million, a hundred million. So that was kind of the world I was in, but I was just answering the phones and kind of like handling the mail, but it was really more taxing than that because I was like, everyone's a little mini assistant. Then I got hired as an actual marketing assistant for a top agent there. And then eventually got my license, became a buyer's agent, worked for a team. And that's where I was door knocking, cold calling, uh, sitting dead open houses three times a week, every Tuesday, Saturday, Sunday, to no success whatsoever. And that kind of birth, the broke agent was just the pain that I was experiencing as an agent that was doing a lot for nothing. Well, I've, I've got to ask, and, and I don't think Scotty shares this same, um, you know, um, viewership that I, that I do. I watch million dollar listing, um, on Bravo so, like, when he's referring to the Altman brothers, they're, yeah. they're, they're one of the stars of, of Million Dollar List. I, I knew the name when he said it. I, yeah. I, I knew I knew it, yeah. but I couldn't even picture him. But, you know, I'm just, I'm so fascinated, you know, for, for a little background, you know, on us, Eric, you know, we're, we're a couple of Midwestern guys born and raised in Indiana. I'm from a small farm town um, in southern Indiana. So, you know, and I've been, I've been a real estate professional my entire adult life. So to watch, you know, million dollar listing on Bravo, I'm my mind is just blown because it is so, yeah. you know, exceptionally different than what a couple of It's like another planet. You know, it is. It's at a completely us. different yeah. a completely different planet. So I mean is 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 what you see like on that show is that is is that is it close to the way it actually is? Is uh Well not from you know, a real estate perspective for an agent starting out in the business, certainly not. Yeah. It was in the sense that those properties really exist, right? Like my, the agent who I worked for, one of my first tasks was to write a listing description on a $19.9 million listing in Bel Air. <laughs> I don't know how to write listing descriptions. I don't know what the wood is in my own apartment, you know? So it's right. like this massive thing I had to do, um, you know, follow the photographer around, try to get these details. Hopefully there was a old listing description in the past that I could kind of, you know, copy off of and just like tweak the wordage a little bit, but it's real in the senses sense of those agents are super successful. Those listings are real and LA is incredible in terms of real estate, but not real in terms of I was in that office. I was making no money. Right. I wasn't right. selling real estate. I was literally yeah. sitting dead open houses of these agents that were sitting for six months, seven months. And this is 2015, 16, 17. So this is not like the seller's market that we've kind of been used to the last three and a half years. Like th these are straight listings that I would sit and not a soul would show up. So it'd be five hours of me, you know, setting up signs all over the place, doing all the prep, opening up a house, a $3 million house, which takes, you know, a decent amount of time. And then nobody coming in getting all the signs, dropping them back off at uh, the agent's house, 
having to call the seller or tell the seller, you know, a couple groups came by, maybe there was some interest, but really no one came by. I was so. always just blown away by like some of the over the top, you know, open houses and over the top brokers opens that they have on this show where they bring they, in like entertainment and like this, you know, fancy five those. star. They do. Yeah. But, but you're mean, a broke uh, agent out there on the buyer's <laughs> side doing anything you can to try to find buyers or even listings by doing other people's open houses, it sounds like, right? Yes. Working correct. all these hours and, and doing the hustle. And, and that's what was your early hunger was... You know, you went from jobless to a receptionist to a job that is almost impossible to break into and make money. Yeah, I wouldn't even call it a hunger. I would call it, I was just literally going through the motions of what I thought I should be doing. I felt like an imposter. I felt like an actor. I knew that I wasn't going to be a real estate agent. I, you know, there was a couple moments there. I was like, okay, I could actually do this. But I think my fear of the phones, my fear of door knocking, um, just every interaction I had felt forced and uncomfortable. I didn't want to tell my friends I was a real estate agent. I didn't want to try to secure business from them. Everything felt uncomfortable for me. So I think that's kind of what birthed the broke agent. And like that initial voice was the the frustration that I was feeling that I wasn't seeing from other agents because all I saw was success. Like everything around me were those brokers opens with coffee bars and champagne and everyone suited and booted and all these motivational quotes and everything. And I was in grind culture. And I was like, this is insane. I just, you know, there's gotta be that stat, right? There's that stat 87% of agents fail in the first five years. Mm-hmm. Like, where are these agents? Where are the agents in Indianapolis? Where are the agents in Iowa? They're not experiencing this stuff. Right. So I'm going to tweet it out basically. And that kind of is what formulated it. Yeah, uh, there's a reason that was so popular and, and why yeah. that became popular so fast for you. Um, I, I think a lot of that's the, your old stuff's funny. I've, you know, before we, we you know, interview and, and have a chat with somebody, we, we kind of dig into some of their past stuff too. And, and some of your older stuff that I saw was actually hilarious. Some of that, yeah. you know. The, I think I was funnier back then. I think it, it was just coming from so much more experience, right? Like now that I'm kind of out of the business and just focusing on content, yeah. it's getting harder and harder to come up with stuff. I, I have such a massive bank of, you know, 4,000 plus posts and comments. Now I get so many submissions and other people are creating funny content that I could still work my way around from a content perspective. But when I'm really in it and I'm sitting there at a dead open house and these feelings are coming to me, that's when the perfect tweet is constructed because that's what resonates with people because a lot of people were feeling that also. It, it was a pain. It was painfully honest is how I would call it too. <laughs> yeah. The content was way more depressing back yeah. then. <laughs> way more like it, literally the first logo of the broke agent was a dilapidated house as the logo. And everything was just about like, Oh, like this lease I'm doing, I'm going to make $200, but I've already spent a grand on gas and sushi and all this stuff. So it was just like my dad would text me saying, stop doing this. <laughs> you know, like you're trying to become a real estate agent and every thing you're posting about is just about how horrible of a real estate agent or how horrible your experience is basically, which is a total fair point at the time. But yeah, look at me now, you know, right. Right. Talking to you guys. (laughs) Everything's changed. Well, you said something interesting to me. You said you thought that you were funnier back then. Is that because you think that, um, I don't know, kind of that sweet spot for content is, not geared toward you know humor as much as it is um, something that's a little bit more serious and relatable and the reason why i asked that eric is because 
you know, Scotty and I for a long time were doing, you know, what we stuff that we thought was absolutely the most funniest thing that you could possibly imagine. Love it. But you know, it would not do as well on social media as us talking about a nightmare um, landlord tenant scenario that we've put up with here, you know, in our office. Yeah. So last week right. we got 3 million views on a, on a TikTok that's about uh, negativity, but the fun stuff mm-hmm. and the humorous stuff, you know, you'll get 50,000 views if that, you know, it's still a lot of views though. 3 yeah. million. That's yeah. crushing. Yeah. So, I'm still doing a ton of funny content. Like the broke agent content is all focused on humor. Bam. Uh, which is our media company now still has, you know, humor invoked in it. There's a lot of shows that are funny. There's a lot of takes that are funny. It's completely unfiltered. So it still has the stigma of the broke agent. It still has, you know, that, that heart to it basically. But in terms of creating content for BAM, it's more marketing, right? From my perspective, at least Byron's handling a lot of the new stuff. We have writers, we have different podcasters and creators, but when I'm trying to, to, you know, uh, describe value to agents or give them ideas for content. Not all that's going to be funny. So I don't know if I've gotten less funny. I don't, that's not what I want to say. I just mean that the content focus has shifted a little bit. I still want to be as funny as possible on the broke agent. The whole goal of the broke agent is to provide entertainment and value in the form of humor. It's a, it's a place of solace for agents. It's a place of, you know, relatability where it's like, you know, this person also is experiencing it and I want to see other people in the comments experiencing it and it makes their day better, right? That is always going to continue. But bam, our goal is to provide humor, entertainment and value, more edutainment. We we had an interesting conversation with Byron. He's he's so driven, you know. And, oh yeah. And you uh, talked to that guy. He's been texting me nonstop right now about yeah, some email that's supposed to We were to lucky go enough out. to we we interviewed yeah. him and, and yeah, he, he gave you five show. minutes of his time. Yeah. Nice <laughs> I think we I think we got thirty. I yeah, think, I think we might have. Full wow. 30, but he was have. you know, it, his his uh, work ethic was pretty amazing. You know, was, I think he was talking about how he gets up at you know four fifteen. Yeah. Those early know, morning calls that hits, he's on hits the ground running. You know, it's. Uh, he is, yeah. He's a machine. He he does the five a.m. call every morning, That's and now he's it. doing the hot. Yeah. Sh- he's doing the hot sheet every morning, which is a live thirty-minute show on the Now Bam YouTube channel, our YouTube channel, where he's just covering the market, what's going on in finance and economics every morning. Like that's a huge lift. Plus he's doing the real word podcast. Plus he was co-hosting the walkthrough podcast with me. And now he has a podcast called the knowledge brokers with Tom tool. This is on top of running the number one team in Connecticut and, you know, co-running our media company with me. So the guy is a machine and, you know, I couldn't be happier to have partnered with him because I really needed someone who understood the real estate market and real estate news and how to articulate that to people when I was the humor side and had the brand. So it's been like the perfect fusion. Well, you, you obviously are a very driven guy. I mean, it, it's yeah. just clear from talking with you and, and you definitely come at it with a, a more of a, that humor, you know, and approachable. And I, I think that one of the things that I've noticed with most of the things that I've seen that you do, um, I, I would use one, one word to describe them. They're authentic. There's a lot of authenticity in the things you say, and and we try to keep that with the things we do. But I think that's part of your success. It's, you know, you were authentic when you were down and you were sharing that. Like your dad said, stop, (laughs) stop sharing, uh, you know, so honestly how hard this is. And you're authentic in your success stuff, too, that you share. And I, I think that really speaks to people. I think that's a big part of your success. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, there, there was one moment where I posted a screenshot of a open house sign in sheet that had zero people on it. And my dad literally called me after that. I was just like, 
this is this has got to stop. Yeah, but I think <laughs> that's is, that's depressing. But that's important for people to know because you know people watch million dollar listing. And, you know, in our world, you know, people watch Flip This House and, you know, you know some of those things. And it makes everyone think that, it, that it's easy, that everyone can go out and just be the Altman brothers or, you know, whatever. I think that, you know, painting a picture of reality is very important. And I've watched some of your other clips where, um, you know, you guys were talking about, you know, well, the gurus, you know, will say this, but it's actually like this. And we talk about the gurus on here all the time. It freaking drives me bananas, you know, some mm. of these some of these gurus. And, you know, quite frankly, the reason why it drives me bananas is because I feel like their advice is dangerous. I think there's so many more people that's going to be hurt by taking on the advice from some of these people. So having the authenticity, like Scotty said, and, and, and you know, giving a, a real picture of what it's like. I think it's important because you got all these other idiots out there making it sound like it's it's super easy and pulling up in a Bentley. And I also think yeah. that it's good to show that you didn't you weren't just handed anything in life. I mean, you've literally scraped your way to to find your success. And and you know uh, the basics of our background. But he's from a town of twenty five hundred. wasn't handed anything in life. And I started with less than nothing. You know, I came out of school with student loans and and. You know, not not two nickels to scrape t- together, and was barely employable because I focused on beer in college instead of learning. So, Same. you know, it's right I, I think it's How good. Can you not? Yeah. Right. So I think it's good to show, you know, that that normal people like us can go out and hustle and work hard and suffer through those years. You know, they see the success now, but I mean, the the, the stories of us staying up till three a.m. working and hustling and not making it and still failing. You know, that, that I think that's neat that. People People have gotten to see that on your journey. So um, kudos to, for sharing that stuff because now your success will speak much more powerfully. I think it, it lends credibility to, to what you say and, and the things that you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate that. So tell us a little bit about your podcast. You know, you've got... Uh you know, a couple couple listeners of the podcast, you know, sitting here. But, you know, for everyone else out there that's listening, tell us a little bit about your about your podcast. Yeah, we got multiple. I assume you're talking about Over Ask, which is, you know, Correct. was a, a broke agent podcast before a BAM podcast. So right. that really started. The idea of it was, it was my friend Ben Fisher and I did something called Broke News Network during the pandemic. So in June or July of 2020, he hit me up and was just like, dude, we should do some sort of like video together. He was in Long Beach. I was in LA and I drove down there with no plan, you know, met the guy out of nowhere. He could have, you know, killed me for all I know. And it was him and his friend, Joey in his garage. It was like a hundred degrees in there. And we were just filming like eight to 10 minute funny kind of SNL news anchor style videos where it was like, I would give marketing tips. Ben would give market updates and it was supposed to be value wrapped in humor. The first value tainment edutainment aspect of the broke agent. Like how could I show my face? Am I good on the mic? Uh, you know, am I charismatic on video? Can I even do this? And Ben and I had great chemistry, but we were posting it on Instagram TV, IGTV at the time. So for the listeners at home, we don't know what IGTV is. It's when you could upload videos, I think even up to like 30 minutes at one point, but they were horizontal and Instagram was not the platform for long form. Like we didn't post it on YouTube. It wasn't a podcast. So the success was really dependent on the amount of comments and likes we were getting on Instagram, but it wasn't monet. We, we couldn't monetize it. Um, and it was so time consuming because we would write the entire show script. I would drive to Long Beach for an hour. We'd film the thing for three hours. I'd drive back for two hours and then edit it. And then we'd post it over four or five days. 
And it just became this, like, it was so fun. And I think it's some of our best content, but it was impossible. At that time, Matt Leonetti was coming on the scene doing hilarious Instagram reels and, and skits and TikToks and stuff and hit me up. And we always talked about doing something together. And he, he occasionally would actually join BNN, the Broke News Network, and be like our Canadian reporter. We'd cut to him. He'd do a hilarious video. Love it. So during BNN, I was like, well, I got to have a podcast too. Like the, a podcast is way easier. I could just sit here and still say the same stuff without going down to Long Beach and without like creating this entire script. And so it started as Matt, the Overass podcast presented by the Broke Agent. So I wasn't even on for the first five or six episodes, but we had Ryan Serhanton, Mauricio Mansky, uh, Jordan Cohen, the number one Remax agent. And then I came on and it kind of shifted to not just interviews, but marketing tactics for agents. So we were always talking about what was going on with the Instagram algorithm, what's happening on YouTube, um, how to get on clubhouse, that type of thing. So anything that was kind of trending from a content direction and we've had killer guests on, we've been doing it now for a year and a half and we haven't missed, maybe we've missed one week in the year and a half that we've been doing it. And it's been one of our most successful pieces of content. So it's Matt Leonetti and myself, the Overass podcast, check it out on bam. Yeah, it's it's great. You don't even have to really. It's pretty entertaining, even if you're not a real in the real estate world. I think you know. I, I find it pretty entertaining for for most of our audiences, real estate investors. So they'll get a lot of kicks out of it. And yeah, and um, you come at everything through a different um, lens than than us because you're so focused on the media and the marketing that, um, that you can pick up a lot from from those kind of episodes too. Yeah, we try to have you know, a, a large diverse group of, of guests in terms of their ideas. Like it's not just Instagram. We focused heavy on Instagram for like the first 10 or 15 episodes. Then we talked about everything. So now it's, it's more YouTube as agents really want to do more long form or finding better convergence on YouTube. So we're trying to interview way more agents who have local YouTube channels that are crushing and actually converting leads. And then we had agent tactic people on like Tom tool, who was just objection handling. And the whole goal is just, provide value for agents, right? Like that was when the broke agent was founded and it was just humor. I was like, I know humor's value, but if I could actually provide them education too, not coming from me, of course, about like agent to agent stuff, because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about from a marketing perspective, but if I could bring in these other voices and influencers and creators and present them to a larger audience that could help everybody. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, the marketing aspect is so important. I, I mean, I think that you can take it outside of real estate, too. I know that's kind of where you got your start and your niche. But, you know, there's the, the, this, a lot of the things that you cover, they can be applied to a lot of different areas, too. You know, Definitely. There, there's, I mean, people like us that are fascinated. I mean, the, we don't watch your show for really the real estate tips or listen. Um, you know, it's more of the marketing side. You know, yeah. the, the marketing's kind of universal. But well, when it comes to content creation, you know, that's something, you know, Scotty and I are, are still, you know, uh, learning, you know, every day. We don't claim to, to be experts. You know, thankfully, we've we've seen some growth through our podcast and some of our short form content. But what are what are you seeing out there that is is the uh, the big trend now? You know, you said you were heavy on Instagram for a while. You've got some agents that are doing long form content stuff on YouTube, that's something we don't have a ton of experience on with some of the long form of YouTube. But can you kind of go into that for, say, yeah. someone that knows a little like us or even the people that know nothing? I think in 2020 through 
2022, basically for a two year period, the trend was vertical video, high quality reels and TikTok. Short form, how do I capture someone's attention immediately? How can I be as goofy as possible, as funny as possible? And it was like a new way to consume content because it was an algorithm feeding us suggested content. It wasn't just people you follow. Like TikTok really revolutionized the way people consume, you know, similar to the YouTube algorithm, but in terms of short form is completely different. And I think that kind of sparked this entire wave of agent content creators where their only goal was to appeal to other agents. Where it was like, I'm going to make other agents laugh. I see it working on the Broke Agent channel. I see Matt Leonetti doing it. I see Dan O'Neill doing it. I see Byron doing great news stories and stuff. So I'm going to become this little funny content creator. And I'm going to be pointing at captions and doing TikTok dances and stuff. And for two years, that was great. Because you could get agent-to-agent referrals. And the market was hot where anybody with a pulse could basically be selling a lot of real estate. As the economy has shifted and the market has shifted, that kind of content, in my opinion, from an agent perspective is probably going out of style a little bit. I think we've all seen enough of it. Um, you know, the, the disappearing captions and the lip syncs and the trending audios, like people aren't growing as much on these platforms because now they're so oversaturated and the algorithm isn't feeding us that as much because it's not original anymore. We've seen so much of it. So now I think the shift is more to edutainment is the green screen videos. These are what's killing it the most on Instagram and TikTok from what I see. It gets the most engagement on our BAM accounts. And anytime one of our creators does it, it's our best piece of content. Green screen videos is when you throw up a news story or article or something on Instagram or TikTok, you actually point at it, you talk about it, you dissect it, you break it down, you disseminate that information to your local market. The green screen acts as the perfect hook. It's a very easy video to film because your head is small. It's not, you don't need professional lighting or editing. You don't need to bulk record any of these videos. It's like, it's timely. It's got a great hook and it lasts. Meaning um, the piece of content doesn't last, but the duration in which people watch lasts, right? Like that's the most important metric right now. It's not likes, comments, saves, or shares. It's the retention of the actual video. Can I get them to watch from the beginning to the end? So I think green screens and then carousel. It's so easy too. That's we just so shot. Easy. I shot like four of them. Or I'm looking at my producer. I shot like four of them before we came on here, and we just it's knocked the them out real quick because Clint was busy. And they're fun. You, yeah, you don't need a studio. You don't need no. You know, they're they're real easy. And if you do it with good information, it's a great way to share it because there's info out there that you want to share, and to do it in in an entertaining manner in a way that people will consume it. Um, it's helpful that way. So yeah, we, I mean, we love them. They're they're the best videos. If you could do them hyper localized, there's a new story, there's a new development, there's a new you know measure, there's a new bill from Congress, something like that that's going to affect your local housing market from a real estate perspective. It's the best thing to break down and you know give that information. And then the carousel posts from an Instagram perspective, those are crushing right now. Uh, when you have a, a good opening slide, value, value, value as you're swiping, and then the final slide is an actual call to action. It's almost like an Instagram reel in itself. So I'm seeing the most engagement on those two type of posts and then just general trend of content. I think long form is coming back a little bit in the sense that a lot of agents are going to be spending way more time on YouTube because that's what converts. TikTok doesn't convert. The, the TikTok follower means nothing compared to an Instagram follower, compared to a YouTube follower. Your TikTok followers don't even see your stuff, right? It's an algorithm suggesting them stuff. Your Instagram following following is a little bit more intimate. You actually know them and you could like DM and engage with them and send them links and stuff. But it's your YouTube following that watches you for 5, 10, 20, 30 minutes. 
they're going to buy from you because they actually hear you and get to know you. Interesting. You know, we, we see that with our own channels, you know, we're, we're lucky that um, we've got some people who will follow us around, obviously from, from, uh, platform to platform and we're getting more and more leads out of TikTok. you know we we probably sold out of TikTok probably 15 to 20 houses this last weekend alone out of TikTok. Damn. so there you go crushing yeah so so it's it's but we agree with the quality of leads that you get out of youtube and and instagram they're obviously much higher and more engaged and and mm-hmm. more understanding but um i i, I can't i i'm fascinated with how up to speed you are on these cutting on these trends and knowing what's coming i guess that's just because you're immersed every day in the marketing aspect of this makes versus, me feel stupid i know we're, well, we're out there having to you know build you know condominiums and new developments and running property management companies and so someone like you who's really in this every day all day it's it's fascinating to me how how cutting edge you are on these trends you know to and you're they're obviously well thought out all of your points make total sense but we're we're i feel like i'm in the dark ages listening to you honestly i'm 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 full of shit i literally just made all that (laughs) yeah no you know what you're talking about you (laughs) i mean we run a media company right Right. so we have to know these things like i'm in it every day so it's not just me consuming the knowledge to see what other people are saying it's me actually doing it right so i'm constantly checking engagement and insights on the bam account the broke agent account on byron's account on matt's account on any real estate account to see what is working. Like, why is Ryan Serhant doing green screen videos? Oh, because they're working. Why is Gary Vee doing them? Because they're working. So it's not just consumption. It's also the output and the volume that we're doing. And it's, it's like, you have to constantly evolve with these. Like if I was just posting trending audio reels still, people would tune out completely. Just because something worked back then, it's not going to work now. Everyone knows that yeah. concept. But I think it's important to reiterate just from a media and content perspective that you really like it, it, the people that last and the people that continue to stay relevant are the people that are constantly evolving with the trends and different posting styles. I just saw Ryan Serhant. I don't know if it was, uh, if it was on YouTube or if it was TikTok or what it was just, just a few minutes ago, actually. And he's like this, you know, power broker from New York. He's on million dollar listing New York. You've pointed him out to yeah, me before. It, uh, he had some house, like I think in the Hamptons, where he was like running. He was literally running through it. It was so big, just to kind of give perspective on it. it. Was so it was so cool. Yeah, you know. But I mean, guys like that. I mean, you know, I, you know, he's selling tons of real estate. Is he just an animal? Also, I mean, are they just just working nonstop? It's what it seems like. I mean, Ryan has the Sell It Like Sir Hant course platform that right. has over ten thousand plus agents. He is a book. He has the entire sell it like Sir Hant brand. He just started his own brokerage back in 2020, Sir Hant. He's producing nonstop content. He's selling $50 million, $100 million places too. So, I mean, that guy is the machine and kind of like the model broker slash media company. Uh, you know, for any agent, any agent who just wants to see like what you should be doing on social, you should be consuming from Ryan Serham. He posts the perfect amount of versatile content from his family to actual real estate listings, to education, to trending topics, green screen, slideshows, everything. That guy's got it dialed. Pisses me off. Uh, I, this is that means a lot when when you know somebody pisses off somebody who's really good at what they do because that means they're doing it right you know yeah like, it's just like dude shut up right you know? like just 
take a take a couple months off and just let other people right have their chance people have their chance a little bit no it's like i, mean, I, I deal with the with the devil and put, yeah put no, 40 I, I hours like, in their work day or something crazy you yeah know? Exactly. It's, it's, it's it's nuts well i know you've got uh, another you're you're out there everywhere i know you've got a, a a podcast after this or an interview after this that you got to get to so we wanted to wrap up though with with three quick questions if if we could the and, classic rapid fire podcast questions yeah but these are these are actual fun a little bit fun it's the same question every single time it's the same okay. question so what's the best real estate related de- decision you've ever made getting out of real estate that's awesome and creating content is that always been your passion even creating con i mean sports is my passion okay i care more about sports i could tell you every world series winner from 1980 on i could tell you the you know batting average of the 1999 you know starting lineup for the colorado rockies i know everything about football basketball baseball like that's what i truly truly care about but i found this niche in real estate and content creation i know i'm good at that so i I of course care about that but in terms of what moves the needle for me really it's sports yeah well i like it um what's what's a real estate decision do you regret if you have any that you regret not buying a house sooner i've been living this in this apartment with my fiance for the last three and a half years we've kept kind of waiting and waiting and waiting to see what happens and you know we we need to buy a house so i I think just sitting and pissing away rent for the last three and a half years has been a terrible decision yeah yeah i hear you there um what real estate advice or other advice do you have for this next generation i think i mean it's gonna sound so cliche but consistency in terms of whatever you're doing uh especially from like a content perspective the only reason the broke agent brand is anything or bam is anything is because i've done this every single day for eight years like there isn't a day that i take off there isn't you know a long amount of period that i'm on vacation for and posts aren't going up or content's not going up and i think that's what separates you know the agent from that is still in the business from the agent that is gone right like if you're not making your calls if you're not doing your door knocking sitting your open houses every day like you truly do build something when you consistently do that. And if you stop, it's fine to take breaks every now and then, but if you actually stop for a couple months, like you're really going to shoot yourself in the foot. So I think this entire brand was built on consistency. Every time someone logs on Instagram, there's going to be a broke agent post. There's going to be a story. We're going to make you laugh. There's going to be content on the blog. There's going to be a podcast every single day. And it's that consistency that's going to separate us from any other media company moving forward. I think it's great advice. Yeah, it's great. I was just telling my daughter something very similar. She's just getting out of college and into the workforce. She was telling me about this person that stayed until 10 p.m. at work yesterday. And I was like, yeah, that's what you're up against out there. There's always going yeah. to be somebody that will do it and do it every day, do it consistently and do it harder and better than you, you know, and yes. that's what you're up against. So go yeah. hit that gas pedal, go get yours. Well, Eric, we really appreciate you having it on the show. I know I learned something. I know Scotty had to have learned something because there's only one way to go up for him. You know, he you know he, he wasn't starting with much to begin with, but right. uh, but no, we we really are uh, intrigued by by social media, and we consider ourselves students of social media. We've we've started taking it a lot more um, seriously, but you know, I, I meant it whenever I said you know I really truly feel you know stupid you know, sitting here listening to you. So I I appreciate you coming on and sharing your your knowledge with us and our listeners. And um, I hope that uh, we can collaborate or 
you know, do something together, you know, in the future sometime. Yeah, I'll see you in the Sweet 16 out here in Anaheim, U of A versus Indiana, part two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be uh, that would be amazing. I'm a giant, giant college basketball fan. Of course, you know, um, Indiana. I went to uh, I went to 13 straight Final Fours. Uh, me and a group of my uh, high school buddies would go to, you know, every year. Now um, we've kind of been to all the Final Four cities, so we just get together and we watch the first two rounds of the tournament. We pick a yeah. city and we go to, but like I can't, I can't wait. But if that were to line up, it's on, man. We're, we're yeah. We're did you go together. to? Did you go to '97 Final Four? Um, no, you were no. I wouldn't have done the '90s. 19- 2001. Yeah, 2001. I think was here. In Indianapolis, I believe. Yeah, that was U of Michigan, A Duke. Michigan State. And then when Michigan State won, Michigan State. I was, at I was at U of A Duke. Okay. But no, I wasn't was there. 2002? Um, we started kind of, I graduated college in 01. And we, okay. we kind of started that pilgrimage, um, you know, after after that. But, you know, if you, if you go to, uh, you know, they only hold them in like five, six different cities. I know it's you know. Houston this year. I want. I mean, obviously, I want Juve to make it every year. They haven't since 2001, but it's in Phoenix next year. So that would be Phoenix is I think a good it's in one. Phoenix. Yeah, that would be sick if Juve. Are your parents still there summer. in Phoenix? My parents are in Tucson. Oh, That's Tucson. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Tucson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was hoping. I was wish. I want to go to the Waste Management Open. Out there. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big golf fan, so I was watching watching that. I've always wanted to go out there. But Scotty Scheffler does not move the needle for me. You know, I, he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Zero to no charisma. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to find. I'm a big golf fan also, and I mean, he's he's so fun to watch golf. But I don't know. There's no fire in there. There's no emotion. There's like not. it's so different than like even Justin Thomas at least gives us something. All these guys are kind of squares. I'm, I'm trying to find. Who who like brings the the fire out there right now? Well, I mean it's it's kind of difficult, you know. Everyone got used to Tiger for so many years, you know, and and now it's it's they're really looking for that guy. I think it'd be good, you know, if McElroy would take off and do something. Yeah. Um, you know, w- you know, win a few more majors. I'm a Spieth guy. I'm a Jordan Spieth guy. Yeah. I always root for Jordan Spieth. I ran into him at a restaurant down at the Masters right before he won his first masters and he just seemed like a really genuine dude. So I've just kind yeah. of attached my wagon to that hitch for, a we've while, got a friend who, who goes to tournaments too. And he keeps running into McElroy at like 3 AM the nights before he tells us, all he, story. Comes, he comes home and he's like, yeah, every time I go to a bar at these, these tournaments, McElroy is there at 3 AM. Like no way. still out there. You mean like in Partying, between rounds, drinking. Like, uh, like on a Thursday night? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes me like him way more. I mean, yeah. I love Mackerel. He's got the the best swing in the game. Yeah, but I mean, I, I kind of took him also for a square. No, I mean, he's not like the face this, of the PGA and seems super straight edge. But yeah, but he also awesome. he also broke up with that that really beautiful tennis player. Yeah, he was his fiance by text. Right, <laughs> by text, and then Legendary. and then at that next tournament, he got in trouble at that Irish bar for it was drinking too much Correct. or something. So Correct. like, oh, that's awesome. There, there's some good with yeah. Macquarie. Well, he's Irish, somewhere. you know. They yeah. like to drink. Well, yeah. thanks again, Eric. We really appreciate it, and you know if. Uh, if we could meet up at the Sweet 16, that'd be awesome. If not, hey, let's get uh, let's let's collaborate some more. I've been really, we've really enjoyed our conversation. Definitely great to talk to you guys. Thanks right. for having me on. Yep. Talk soon. So that's our show. If you've made it this far, we'd really appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. 
It really helps us to grow our podcast and reach as many people as we can to help them understand the world of real estate investing. You can also find some short form content on TikTok. Our TikTok is at the Homeboys Podcast, where you can learn even more about the power of real estate investing. Till next time, happy investing.